Welcome, everyone. It's simple, really. It's the new podcast that Greg and I are starting today, and it's a non-expert's opinion on life's common curveballs. And uh, today, I'm going to be asking Greg a question about something that I held very near and dear to my heart, but he did not enjoy or appreciate. And we're going to be talking about the SMART goals, you know, the big letters with a point after each one. So yeah, those SMART goals. Greg, what do you have to say about SMART goals? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, on the surface, SMART goals seem well smart. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the hint is in the name. But, you know, I spent many years living SMART goals. And I would say more often than not, the conclusion I came to was that they were stupid. I hated, really? I hated SMART goals. And I think most people, if you admit it, if you go back and think, I'm sure there's at least a time or many times when you, you all probably thought the same thing. Um, it's not so much that I'm against the model per se, as much as it, I think it's a, a very limiting way uh, to think. And I think it's a, also a way that breeds mediocrity. Um, well, hang on a second, but isn't it true that this whole model has been very successful in companies over many, many years? I mean, it's, yeah, Seems well, counterintuitive to what you were saying. I, I would say that, uh, it, it, I guess, suppose it all depends how you define success. Has it been, if success is that this is widely adopted and widely used, um, so the person who invented it could say mm -hmm. it was a success because it's, it's, you know, everyone's using it, I suppose so. But I would, uh, I would argue that there's many, many failed businesses out there who operated under SMART goals um, yeah. and, and that didn't seem to save them. So, um, but I'll, I'll explain a little more in detail. So, I mean, for, for those who maybe aren't familiar, let's just start. So S is for specific, means your goal is clearly and simply stated. M is for measurable, A is for attainable, R is for relevant and T is for timely. So on the surface, like I said, all those things seem uh, to make a lot of sense. But when I get into the, the specifics of it, I mean, you know, really what I'm thinking about is, I know in my past, on the, the being specific about your goal, there's a lot of time spent figuring out minute details of what it is that you're trying to accomplish and how you're going to get there. And um, it's kind of done in a vacuum. Like it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of assumptions being made about the market, about the business, and you're typically doing this, you know, towards the end of a year for the coming year's SMART goal. Um, right. And right. it's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. And what I found too is, you know, the very quickly into the new year, the SMART goal is out the window because something in the business has changed mm -hmm. and all that detail work and effort kind of goes out the window. So, um, you know, that's kind of uh, the way I look at, at the smart part. And then even the measurable part. I mean, uh, I've had experiences where the way something was measured at the beginning when the goal was put together seemed to make sense. Mm -hmm. But in the end, the way it played out, it didn't make sense. So two, two examples. One very relevant is what we've just been through with this global pandemic, 
right? Like everyone's goals for 2020 were shot to hell. Now in some businesses, it's a, a complete disaster because you were closed down and you can't make your goals if you're not operating. Right. And then in other businesses, like in the grocery business where I used to work, I know people that were making bigger bonuses than they'd ever seen in their lifetime because their business was up, you know, in some cases, triple digit. Wow. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I'm not saying they don't necessarily deserve a bonus for doing really well, but really the performance of that business had nothing to do with goals that they set. It mm-hmm. had, it, don't, it had everything to do with the market conditions. Um, that's, and, that's fair. So, um, Anyway, so that's one example. And then another example, when I worked for a big grocery retailer who also got in the general merchandise business, the grocery side of the business was run and measured regionally. So by provinces, basically. And then the general merchandise part of the business was managed uh, nationally. Mm-hmm. So they were the GM part, was they were measured based on their overall number for the whole country. Whereas in the food part of the business, you were measured on the performance of your region. Okay. And it was a combination of in your region, the total store, GM and grocery. Well, in, in my case, we met our number, but the general merchandise side of the business missed their number in Ontario. So overall, all the food people in Ontario didn't get a bonus. But the general merchandise people, even though they missed Ontario, they actually had a, a great year in the West and they made their national number. So they all got bonuses. So they cost us our bonus, but they still got their bonus. So, you know, and that, that's maybe not as much a, a, a slight on smart goals per se as it is just on the measurement part of, mm-hmm. how, of the system that people, companies use to, to measure things. But I mean, M is part of the smart thing. So I do hold it somewhat accountable, but that, that's just a, 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 a real life example where um, because of the way something was arbitrarily measured, it punished the wrong people and rewarded the wrong people. Um, and that's, you know, those are, those are real dollars out of somebody's pocket sure, that, no, that affects their, their, the trajectory of their life. Right. So, um, I'm not bitter at all, but uh, <laughs> it certainly, it certainly doesn't sound like you're bitter at all. No, those, those were the dark days. Um, many years, many years have passed and you still remember that vividly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, um, so that, that takes care of S and M and then we move into a for attainable. And for me, this is where I think it starts coming off the rails a little bit because I think, you know, when you're setting, when your goal is to create a, a, a goal that is attainable, you're not striving for anything. You're, you're striving to attain it. So you're the, the human nature is to sandbag and to make it a soft target. Like I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something that I know I can achieve because why, you know, why would I set myself up to be punished and miss my goal? Because I, 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 I went for it. I went too big. Right. Um, and, and this is where I think, you know, when, when I t- commented earlier about companies who have adopted smart goals have failed is because I think they've set themselves up for failure by creating a, a culture of mediocrity by, mm-hmm. by setting goals um, that have to be attainable. Okay. Um, and I think in, a, in an ultra competitive market, it, you're not pushing, uh, you're not rewarding people for taking risks. You're actually punishing them. Mm-hmm. 
so that that's that part. And then, uh, you know, relevant and time bound again on the, on the surface, they're fine. Um, but again, like all the assumptions and things that you make about what the market conditions are going to be, you know, a year out or whenever you're setting your goals, those things aren't accounted for. So, um, you know, you might have new competitors come into the market. Uh, there might be a, you know, global supply shortages. I know all kinds of stuff can go wrong yep. and send your goals into a, a tizzy. And basically, you know, should people be punished um, because of things that are completely outside of their control? Um, probably not. Um, anyway, so that's kind of my thinking about the whole smart model is that it's, it's very rigid. It, it breeds mediocrity and, um, I don't know, like I said, more often than not, when we get halfway through the year and you go like, these goals are stupid. <laughs> well, I, I, I have to say, I have to react because I, for the longest time, I actually had a lot of admiration for smart goals because it gave a framework. And I think, I think many uh, people like it because it's a framework, because everyone knows that there time, comes a time, like you said, at the end of the year, when you're planning for the next year, and you have to put together something that you're trying to achieve and it has to be in a certain format. And no one really knows, especially the, the, the more junior the person is, the less likely they will be to sit down and write something meaningful. But then what is meaningful? Yeah. And so smart goals comes to the rescue, says, okay, fine. So put something specific and put something measure and blah, blah, blah. So it, it creates a sense of... Um, Fill out a form. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked it. And then, then you and I had a chat before before this, and uh, I, I see your point. But then uh, let me ask you a question. So tell me, wouldn't this line of thinking apply to any kind of goal setting? Because nothing you set is really uh, – no one can see the future. Let's, yeah. let's just put it that way. Yeah, to, to some degree. But I, I think that's where I've actually come up with a new model. Because really? to your point, the the idea of a model is valuable. Before I get into that, I just want to add a couple more things. One is I, I've got a sister-in-law who's a high school teacher, and she teaches a high school leadership course. And I know that they teach SMART goals to kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in that context, it can be valuable because it really it, it exists in, in a place where there's literally nothing otherwise. So it, it's getting people to start thinking about what is it that I want to accomplish? How am I going to get there? Mm -hmm. How do I know when I've got there? Those are the kinds of questions that smart goals can answer. So I think, I think in the context of um, like students trying to teach them a little bit about goal setting, it's valuable. You mentioned, um, you know, junior levels in organizations where, yep. you know, let's face it, they're not to discount what junior people do in organizations, they obviously add a lot of value in what it is that they do, but they're, they're not um, setting the direction for the overall business and things like that. So, you know, in, in those levels of an organization, perhaps smart goals is a good place for people to start. Um, so I'm not totally, totally against it, but in certain contexts, it, it can definitely make a lot of sense. Is it, um, is it, do you think it's more applicable to repetitive tasks or when you know your scope of work? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe in those areas, the, the, not so much rep repetitive or the scope as much as the, the variability and the, the impact of 
things outside of those person's control doesn't affect them as much maybe. Okay. Um, but, uh, so I, I've kind of rejigged smart goals to come up. Yeah. With, do with, tell me what model do you want to offer to the new model called great goals? Cause what really, what would you rather be smart or great? So the G in great. I, yeah. I, I have a feeling that great actually stands each letter stands for something. Yeah, of course. Please. So G is for general. So, instead of it's kind of a little softer than being specific it's in general what is it you're trying to accomplish so you're still defining where it is that you want to go but you're not so hung up on it, the exact route you're going to take to get there okay um then the r is for responsive and this is uh, kind of in answer to your question about like isn't the variability a, a given mm-hmm. uh, so it is so so being responsive means you need to be able to adjust uh the goal as you go without being punished for it. Um, you know, pe- people say, well, you, you go to your boss and go, well, I need to adjust my goal because, you know, this has changed. It goes, well, you should have seen that coming. It was like, well, uh, okay. <laughs> and then, but th- this is actually rewarding you or, or encouraging you to be responsive when things change. Um, and you're not bound by a documented goal just because it's, it's written down somewhere. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not held to it. As long as you, as long as there's a reason to change it and modify it as you go, and that's actually encouraged. Um, and that that's related to the E, which is empowering. So giving your people the power to evaluate the situations and make decisions, encouraging them to take risks and reward the effort, not just the result. Um, I think, like I said before, I think smart goals punish risk takers and it stifles innovation. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to the A, which is achievement based. So rewarding the completion of milestones, not just focusing on the end result. You know, there's lots of times when you execute your plan to perfection, you did everything you wanted to do when you wanted to do it. And it just didn't work because maybe it was a bad idea or I don't know, things sometimes just don't work the way you want, but you did it. You did it all. I've seen it coming. Yeah. Well, you, you did everything you wanted to do. So, you know, at, at some level, the, the effort and the, and the execution of that should be rewarded, not just the final result. Okay. And then the last one, T, is for tactical. So breaking the goal down and executing tactical steps. And when I say this, I don't mean it in the same way as what I, my impression of SMART goals is where you map the whole thing out from A to Z at the beginning. This is, you know, you map it out maybe the next one or two steps. And then as you go along, you map out the next steps and the next steps. And you, it's, you know, I, I think of this quote about, uh, driving in the fog. You can only see 20 feet in front of your car, but you can make the whole journey that way. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't need to see exactly how you're going to get to the, the end destination. You just need to know what, it, where am I going next and get there? And then now where do I go? Um, so being very tactical that way and being comfortable with the, the ebbs and the flows of, of the process. So that's my new model, the great goals. Yeah, so great goals. Give it, a, give it another go, just just the what do letters stand for? Sure. Uh, G, general, R, responsive, E, empowering, A, achievement-based, T, tactical. Right. Let me ask you a question, because I like it. I mean, I haven't, haven't tried it. I've heard it from you right now. Um, but let me ask you, how would you evaluate? So you come to the end of the fiscal year for a company and you sit down for all important uh, end of year reviews. Yeah. Assumingly, if this is a company that prides itself on developing their employees, this is not the first time you're meeting your manager and you had those conversations throughout the year. 
So you're sitting down and how would you evaluate a person's achievement against great goals? Well, because we, we, we know how smart goals are evaluated because they're supposed to be measurable. So in my experience, in my experience in the past, I've seen a lot of other things get thrown out the window. Everyone focus on the measurable part. And it's essentially, did you achieve it? Did you not achieve it? And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the part, part of the, the G in terms of general is, is a, an overall, uh, qualitative the comp like a figure that you're trying to achieve so you know in general what are you trying to see well i'm, I'm growing my sales by five percent or growing my customer base by x whatever it is so that's kind of captured in in that so that's the measurement that you're up against but mm-hmm. then you would you know I, th- I think about it a little bit like the budgeting process right that I've, I've been through many times where you have your budget and then you have your le your latest estimate yeah so you're you're um you know, in a, in a tough market where you're not making your budget, you're constantly recalibrating to what the latest estimate is. Yep. Um, so that, you know, you, you're making decisions based on reality and not some bullshit number that everyone knows you're not going to make. Um, and even in a, in a, a hot market where you're blowing your budget out of the water, mm-hmm. you still need to you, an, a latest estimate that's over budget. Otherwise you're, you're making bad decisions based on again, numbers that are not reality. So yep. that's the that's the way I, I think of these goals. Is it's it's not a write a goal at the beginning of, the, of a year and then evaluate it at the end of the year. This is an ongoing process. I think this is where a lot of businesses fail too in in their um, approach is that they don't have an ongoing coaching culture um, that has conversations. They they do maybe a, a mid year review and they do a final review and yep. in between they don't talk about their goals and, and things at all. Whereas, you know, I've worked, you know, when we both worked at loyalty one, to me, that was probably the most amazing coaching culture that I've worked in where um, it was encouraged to have regular meetings with your team, regular meetings with your, your boss, regular meetings with your boss's boss. Yep. Um, And, you know, there was an openness to, feedback and an encouragement to uh, adjust and adapt on the fly to 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 respond to whatever's happening in the market um so that's i i don't see goals whether it's smart goals or great goals as being static i i see them as being kind of living breathing things that uh you know you talk about and review and constantly tweak as you go along yeah, I can I can see how that that becomes very uncomfortable for people who do not share the same opinion about um, the coaching culture because I I concur I concur to what you've said and I agree that this is the one because it also seems to me and you were talking about this when you were describing your um, disapproval of smart goals is the fact that yeah every team and every department especially in big companies tend to go their own way. <clears throat> but I, I do recall that, yes, in Loyalty 1, we had that situation where um, an objective would be set at the top and then cascaded down. Yeah. Then the next level down should take that objective and set whatever objectives that need that objective and so forth and so forth. And that way it all kind of aligns because, yeah, if you do, if you just allow teams to do smart goals on their own, you get somebody who gets a bonus and you get somebody who gets stuck with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So well, that's a whole nother, the whole bonus thing's a whole nother thing that really that's that's a whole nother episode from because you know you go there it's like uh um performance isn't as relevant as you think because at the end of the day there's a standard bell curve and if you have a team of 10 people the expectation is that you know maybe three of them are going to be exceed requirements yep three of them are going to be average and and three or four of them are going to be below expectations and you have to, at the end, regardless of how people performed, you then have to fit them into that model. Um, whereas, you know, I, I've always subscribed to the notion that, no, like I, if I manage a team, I want every single person on the team to be operating at an exceeds requirements level. Yep. That's what I'm, that's what I'm striving for all year. And then you get to handing out bonus time and, you know, there's not enough money to pay everyone as if they exceeded requirements because that's, there's this uh, artificial bell curve model that uh, that's being employed you you have to you have to i mean i i hear what you're saying and quite honestly i do agree especially especially if it's a team um if, if you recall back at uh, Pressamon, we had a very small team at the beginning yeah and to be honest everyone was always in this mode of all hands on deck it's it's not until we grew to uh past 100 employees that uh, like teams began to form everyone yeah. was essentially doing the same thing and uh, it, it would be hard to imagine that uh, somebody on that team was a less of an important factor than the other. Even the junior folks, it's, it's like it's all built together. Yeah. So, yeah, it, the bonus in that case doesn't work. But then think about a huge organization. Yeah. I mean, the way it seems, it seems I hate the bell curve because it's, it, it feels like you're fitting people in. Yeah. And then you're comparing the incomparable. Yeah. You're trying to compare uh, marketing's department impact on production uh, versus production or operations. Yeah. It's difficult, but yeah, for sure. Companies, companies, I mean, if we go back to the foundation, the way the way I interpret what you're saying is we don't teach people from school to be responsible for uh, themselves as a human being and as an employee. Because a lot of people who go to work for companies, in my humble opinion, they don't come in as owners. They come in as people who will be paid for showing up and doing a standard operating procedure and perhaps coming up with an idea once in a while. And they're content with that. And because, and because of those three things, because nobody thinks as an owner of that business, of a person who can kind of empower change or drive the business forward, companies want to weed out the um, slackers yeah yeah it's funny you say that because it's like um when I, i've been through some big structure changes at, at organizations yep and when people are the the leaders of the new teams that are being formed and they're picking from the uh, the litter of, yep. of existing employees everyone's trying to build like the all-star team it's like oh i i want all you know to use a hockey analogy, I want all Wayne Gretzky's. Well, you know, um, I remember having somebody on my team and I was talking to another director and he was asking me questions about this person. I was being blatantly honest saying, yeah, well, they're, they're not a superstar, but they're competent and they're dedicated and they do within the confines of what their job is, they do a mm -hmm. great job, but they're not going to push the boundaries, but you need, you need a, a like, Every good sports team 
has a mix of roles, role players, yes. right? You can't have a team of Wayne Gretzky's. It doesn't work. Um, you, you need, you need checkers and you need defense and so on and so forth. Right. So, you know, there, there's a, uh, you know, maybe that's where the bell curve idea comes in. Like, you know, you need a percentage of your, your team that is high performing and looking to, to move on. So they're not going to be around very long because they're ambitious and they have that owner mentality. They're going to be on to the next thing, but you need, a, you need a certain percentage that's like furniture, you know, they're going to be there forever. They know the business inside out. They're going to do their job. They have they have no ambition to go beyond what they're already doing. But that's fine. That shouldn't be a negative either. As long as they're performing their tasks. But it, at, but at I, a, I apologize for interjecting, but that 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 is exactly I, I don't I don't entirely agree with that because if a person is solid, knows their job inside and out, shows every day, and never misses a beat, yeah. but they don't want to advance. Yeah, should that be bell curve to the middle? Like, why would you not reward a consistency? Oh, yeah, they should be rewarded for sure. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. I mean, everyone loves if somebody gets a new account in the business, I mean, or a new client or something something new that brings in additional revenue. Yeah. That's kind of like a checkmark superstar. But yeah. the, person, the person who made a seamless transition or a seamless onboarding process yeah. doesn't usually get the same limelight. Yeah. But that, that definitely is uh, a theme for a different episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, closing remarks. So are we moving from smart to great? Um, I've already moved there. So you're welcome to join me. <laughs> I will. I will. So this was our pilot uh, episode of um, It's Simple, really. See you again next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Thank you.